Support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Kyle Photography Podcast. Okay, perfect. So we always have to start these podcasts off by framing how it is that you came to become a photographer. So what was it that made you pick up a camera in the first place? I went to um, high school in Canada. I was uh, close to my second year of being in Canada and I was uh, taking a photography class in in grade 10, I believe. Um, And that's when I completely fell in love with photography. I fell in love with the way that I was taking the images. Uh, but what I mo- loved the most was the uh, developing part. I had a dark room where I was able to develop all of my film. Eventually, I ended up developing my entire classes because <laughs> they didn't necessarily like it. Um, and uh, I would basically live in the dark room. I would stay after hours and develop different films. And then I was you know, uh, trying to see what, um, what the chemicals were like, everything about it was actually so new to me and, um, the process was incredible. So I think that was the most definitive moment in photography for me where it started. And what was it that made you want to start photographing people? Um, I think it was when, I, I just needed to photograph people when I was already um, with that camera in hand. And um, I was I started photographing my sister, my little sister. And she was, what, maybe five or four at the time. And I really wanted to capture different moments of her. And um, it, it, I already remember trying different things with her, like working with perspective and making her fit in my hand kind of thing. Very, you know, cliche things, but, um, I, I don't know. I think I was always attracted to people really. I did try, you know, shooting still life and, but it, I, I feel like I really like that sort of interaction between a person and someone that doesn't have to be a talk, but it's just having someone in front of me. Um, there is, a special connection between the person through the lens. It's different. It's, um, it's something that I'm almost like trying to get in that person's mind somehow. <laughs> so something that I really want to go a little bit down a rabbit hole on with you is you have this phenomenal vision with fashion. I think you have an incredible ability to create these very vast concepts, but with loads of room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Where do you find your inspiration? Are you finding it within photography or is it from other media or just in day-to-day life? I'd say most of my inspiration comes from my dreams. Um, but then it can really, really depend on how my day goes. I mean, I can be walking by and all of a sudden I see, I don't know, the textures of the clouds and I'm like, oh my God, that looks amazing. Or, you know, in the evening or when on the sunset, the, the colors um, excite me. Sometimes it's textures. Sometimes I see a rock that it's absolutely beautiful or crystals. Like it can really come from anything, anything, but um, going back and really trying to 
have an idea of where I, my ideas come from or when I feel the best when I'm on set and I'm trying to like, let go of this sort of thought is, um, is when I can clearly see it in my dreams. And it's this sort of weight lifted off my shoulders once I, I see it on the screen, like it's tangible and it's such a magical moment. So I would say that my dreams are, uh, a major part of my inspiration. Is it always, um, a sort of a solo effort on your part, or is it something that you collaborate with others in bringing, um, obviously the idea has to come together with other people's help, but the actual, the, the birth of the idea is, is that all you, or do you go to other people and help and sort of take inspiration from them? Um, I'm going to say most of the times I, uh, I would come with an idea, uh, and present it to the artists that I feel will feel excited about it because sometimes I feel like I can have very happy and bubbly and colorful thoughts. And I know the people that will be excited about those things because they love color and they love, you know, expressing themselves in that matter. But then I also have other thoughts that are a little bit darker and very, you know, black, gray and white. And I know that I have to present it to those people that I know are going to be excited to, you know, maybe going a little bit more and uh, nostalgic um, side. And um, when I do present the idea, yes, a hundred percent, I will always listen to my team if they have different ideas to, you know, maybe the fashion, the fashion stylist is telling me she has a vision with this type of texture that already kind of starts building up into the idea itself. Um, I don't, always have the idea sometimes i have people that come to me and say look i have this idea of doing this set of images that is based on this mismatch um and depending of of, obviously they come to me for maybe because they want to see how my vision will sort of uh develop the idea and uh and we will go off of that so it I will, if it's something my, like, I'm sorry, let me see how I can rephrase this. But yes, I'm going to say that 90% of the shoots that I do are my ideas. And then the rest is something that it's more collaborative. Sometimes it's like, okay, what do you feel like shooting? Uh, what do you need for your portfolio? What do you need for, so, because sometimes maybe I'm the one that's dried out <laughs> and I need yeah. inspiration from others. So Something that I'm quite fascinated by with you is you, you have this incredible ability to blend uh, graphic design in with your photography. Is the shooting the part that you enjoy the most or is it actually the, the refining the image and the, the retouching that you enjoy? Yeah, I think the retouching is definitely part of it. Um, uh, I, sorry, it's the whole process. The entire process is very exciting. Just from the beginning when I have to build the mood board and it gets it totally... Um, gets me excited about how the idea is going to develop, uh, to the shooting day. Um, and, and just the entire process from beginning to end, it's very exciting. So there's not one part that I love most about it. Um, I think, um, maybe just the building up for it, it's the most exciting part on the day of the shooting, you know exactly what's going to happen. But then again, I'm, I'm the kind of person that leaves like all the doors open. So if anything were to happen that we need to switch the game, I'm ready for it. So 
I, and, and it always depends, you know, sometimes I have an entire, like I have an idea and I know exactly how I'm going to shoot it. I know what kind of lighting I'm going to use. I know exactly, um, where the model is going to be posing. And then the model shows up and I get a completely different vibe, a completely, just a different way that I thought I was going to be shooting it. It changed. And I said, I talked to the team and I say, look, I, I have an idea. We can still keep it within the same uh, concept, but I think I'm going to just try something different in terms of lighting. It, we ended yeah. up with the same concept, but maybe not necessarily how I planned it. And that's the sort of thing that um, I think it makes it very exciting to onset. And that yes, the post production, it's a, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I do love it because it's like the finishing touches of, and, and sometimes when I'm on set, I know exactly, I look at the image and people are like, are you serious? That's all, that's the picture you chose. I'm like, no, 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 just wait. And it's because I can see it finished. So that's the exciting part too, is knowing that if there is some sort of comp work or some other, um, you know, touches or, or maybe like you said, graphic design or any sort of, um, additions, I can see it completely finished. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Um, but again, it's something with the retouching part, it's been, a very, um, up and down kind of thing. I feel like I've always been learning and there's been, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep up with, with the technology too. So there's different tools and different, you know, apps and different, um, ways of, of enhancing and playing with your images. So sometimes I go on one direction and, uh, I look at those pictures now that were done maybe like three years ago and I'm, Oh my God, Natasha, what were you thinking? So <laughs> it's just those things that it's almost like, Yes, you're always evolving and and you have to become aware of maybe refining your taste and what your final image should look like or would look like. But that's just comes to my personal taste. So that's something that I've been evolving over the years in terms of my retouching skills. And um uh but yeah, but just to answer your question, I feel like the entire process is absolutely wonderful, especially on a project that I'm really passionate about. So when it comes to doing your commercial work, is it difficult for you to translate someone else's vision with your style um, into an end product? Um, I think I was always so uh, open to work with other people. Um, and when this doesn't necessarily come to clients, um, I always, I listen, I really do listen to what people like themselves. And when it comes to a client, I listen to what their expectations are and what, uh, what they're trying to say with whatever the image is going to be doing for their product or, um, or what the story behind it is. Or, um, and I really, really try to soak it in and marinate it. And then that way I can actually, um, have a clear idea of what their vision is like. So I, it's, that's the fun part for me too. It's almost, again, getting into their head and seeing it so I can translate it visually. And I, I feel that, uh, that that's something that I've always done, including with my team members. Like if they have a specific idea or, um, or a vision in mind, I always try to, um, uh, listen and, and, 
execute it for them too. You know, um, most of my clients are also hairdressers who have very strong ideas, very strong concepts, and and it all revolves about the hair, um, which is basically most of, of how my, my photography business even started. So um, doing that and listening what their stories or their concepts were and why they were inspired, it was almost like me like molding into their vision and trying to execute it the best I could the way they saw it. Something I've, I've always loved but have been sort of perpetually terrible at is any kind of editorial work. What is the secret to a successful editorial in fashion? Hmm. I think that, I think that when you are, first of all, I think that you need to have a good concept in mind, a story to tell. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it, it needs to, you need to feel something about it. I feel that that's where you get the most, not only for yourself and your team, but even for people that are watching it, it's like you, you want to have that reaction and it can be any sort of reaction. It can be the reaction that you absolutely love the image, just something that you are attracted to or something that people are completely unsure what it is that they're looking at. It's like, I don't know why, uh, like they're not attracted, but the fact is that they got a reaction out of it. Um, so I find that, for you as a photographer, um, I feel like you, when you are shooting an editorial, it's your opportunity to bring something that it's important to you, no matter what it is and translate it visually. Um, so it's, I, I don't know if there's a secret, but I find that before you click the shutter, make sure that you, you know, you're asking yourself, is this, is this giving you a feel <laughs> like you're feeling yeah. something from that? Um, and again, like, you know, it, 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 it's so personal too. So if you feel something about it, that's all that you need. That's all you need. And it, you know, you can have the rest of the pictures for, um, for the rest, for the rest of the team. And all you need is that one picture. I do that. I try to do that in every shoot that I do is that I have at least one or one to five different pictures that I am, I am extremely happy about. And, um, they're iconic and enough in my eyes. Your work has so much energy and emotion that I think is, is often missing it as in fashion and beauty, um, especially sort of in the last 10 years. Um, how do you keep energy up on set and how do you get that emotion out of your models? It depends, really. I find that music is a big factor. Um, sometimes I ask the model, depends. it really depends. Sometimes I want a different mood, but I don't do it purposely. It's just I walk in set, I play some music while I'm setting up. Um, it really depends on the day. Um, but um, then there's days that I, that I don't really know who it is that I'm shooting with, like the model. So as soon as they walk in, I make sure that I I am... Um, talking to them. I get to know them because again, that's really important to me. I not only for shooting purposes, but because I, I like to know who I'm spending the day with. Um, and again, like music will probably come up and I make sure that I play something that it's, you know, funky enough for them to put them in the mood that, you know, uh, somewhere in the realm of what we're going to be shooting. Um, but, um, but yes, I feel like 
energy also comes with the people that I am working with. And then that's, I'm talking with the, the team members. So fashion stylist, um, makeup artist, hairdresser, my assistants, like I've been extremely lucky to work with incredible people, just not only talented, just beautiful people inside and out that where, where we all work collaborative. We love each other. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of really good energy that goes around and that's what makes the entire shoot go so smoothly. And, um, and it just, again, you, everybody's trying to get a good picture out of it. So it's, uh, it's actually, yeah, it's a collaboration with all of us. Something I'm always fascinated by is how different photographers deal with adversity and, and maybe shoots where everyone isn't on the same page, or maybe they're not getting on with each other. Maybe the energies don't quite match up. How do you, how do you get through a shoot where it's just, it's not feeling right, but you need to get something from it? I can say that's happened to me once clearly. And it was, um, uh, it was a, a team, a new team I've never worked with, but I was excited to work with. And, uh, that was one of those days when I, we had something in mind to shoot something. And, and when I started to see the models come in, I said, you know what, I feel like maybe we should go into a different direction and maybe it didn't work for them. You know, right. um, whereas no, we wanted to shoot something else. And I, I as, as soon as I said that, and I started setting up and I started shooting, I feel that they were just not, they, yeah, it, it was, um, yes, that was a very uncomfortable set. So I, I tried my best to stay communicative as possible. The, the pictures turned out well anyways, and they said that they loved them, but I, you know, everybody's being very polite. I think the, <laughs> that day, <laughs> um, I, I know for sure I like them, but I don't like being, um, I, I like being, uh, again, understanding and, and, and make sure that everybody else loves them. So it was one of those awkward sets. And I can say that, um, staying in communication and being open, but because it was a new team and maybe they were also not, I don't know, maybe they were afraid of speaking up to me or saying that they weren't really feeling it. Um, it made the whole shoot and faster too. <laughs> so we shot everything super <laughs> quick. Um, but, but it was, again, it, I, I remember that day. I really wanted it to end too, but, uh, the, sh the shots were coming out really cool. And, uh, I was able to talk to other, I, I ended up talking, I mean, shooting with uh, some of the team members later, uh, just because of work. And, um, and I can see where the differences were. Um, and again, it was that it was new, new team members that didn't work with each other and they didn't know how to, not that they didn't know how to speak up. I guess they were just not into, um, the new changes. And I guess, again, maybe the way that I would do it next time is make sure that maybe with new team members, I will stick to my, to the plan and not necessarily go very spontaneous as I usually go with people that I do usually work with. So, um, but that was a creative again, if it was a paid work, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened that way. So. Well, in your opinion, um, something else that I think is really interesting and I've heard of a very wide variety of answers on this, but to you, what makes a model great? It's personality. 
I find the personality is very important and um, having uh, like it, when it comes from a like a strong and unique personality really that comes from within it's not forced or anything like that I feel like it's very interesting and um, I it's it's hard to put in words really because I have worked with some models that really give me all of the feels no matter what it is that we're shooting and um and and I guess they become my muses because it just there's there's so there's something about them personally and and physically that attract me and um and again it's just I guess what I also find beautiful it's not necessarily a, the way that you look. It's more about what you, uh, what that person really is. You know, like, did I make sense there? But a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, in terms of your preference when it comes to shooting, retouching, everything involved, do you prefer beauty or commercial work or editorials? What's what's the thing that really you really get excited to do? I think fashion. Fashion is definitely um, exciting because there's all these other elements that you have to play with, which come with, um, uh, you know, just textures and layers. And and that comes into play a lot into how you're going to be shooting it and um, how is it related to the concept and things like that. But makeup as well. I mean, you can have so much fun with makeup. It doesn't have to be traditional makeup either. It can be something very uh, unique and also tell a story, a full out story with just beauty. Um, Commercial work is fun because it's very straight up. and, And again, as long as I make my job sell the product that it's needed to be sold, it's almost... uh, I don't know, like, a, it's a good feeling. It's like, okay, yeah, I, I've done my job. It's just a job, right? But of course, the most exciting work is the personal work or editorial work, creative work. How much of your work is personal and how much is, is paid work? Well, some of the creative work is also paid work, but um, I'm going to say that oof, um, 80% creative, 20% um, commercial, let's say. Um, and what I mean by commercial is, um, very defined way of shooting, which is the commercial, um, you know, very advertising, you know, um, kind of look of things, which, you know, maybe more, um, like, uh, older brands that have been, uh, have been in the industry for some time already have a presence in their way that they are presented. And that's very right. commercial, let's say. Um, and that's what I mean by the 20%. It's almost like there's not that much creative background that I can add to it. Uh, yeah. unless it's maybe the way that maybe are directing the makeup or how the hair or maybe what they're wearing, but, not necessarily being super creative with lights, for example. Um, on the other 80%, it's mostly me uh, working on my personal work or creative work or maybe commission work for different magazines uh, that will allow me to be as creative and give me the freedom to work within um, 
when you know maybe they give me an an actual um maybe not a concept but they give me some boundaries depending on who it is that it's commissioned uh the job Mm -hmm. but um at the end of the day i i am able to basically bring it to a different level which is what what my vision will be from your point of view, obviously, it's very hard to sort of self-judge because I think people are generally more. You get two kinds of people. You get people that are sort of way overcritical of themselves, and they have a lot of sort of self-doubt. And then you get the other side of the coin, which is people that are far too confident without maybe having the ability to back it up. And mm-hmm. in your opinion, just from your position, what's your worst habit as a photographer? Uh, creating barriers all the time. <laughs> I I think I do that uh, a lot and I try not to. I, I try to convince myself that I'm not that person, um, but I think I am. <laughs> uh, and it could be, it could be because I'm in that realm of, of uh, photographers that are a little bit, not shy. I don't think I consider myself shy, but I just don't think, uh, I think I have so much to learn and so much that I can be better at and I'm not yet. And, um, and I feel that it's, uh, it does put barriers into things that I would like to do. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's self-sabotaging for sure. Very interesting. That's actually not at all what I was expecting. That's, that's fascinating. Um, if you were to give advice to someone, let's say there's someone out there that's just picking up a camera um, in the last say year or two and they're looking to make a go of, of establishing themselves um, learning the skill of being a fashion photographer or a beauty photographer mm-hmm. what would, what advice would you give someone in terms of building up a very good portfolio in a relatively quick amount of time you know how, how would they go about doing that look I've been doing photography for the past uh, almost uh, six years and and I'm still learning it's uh, I if you're a new photographer um, and you want to pursue photography, I think you need to be absolutely passionate about it too. And, um, it, and, and put a lot of work, a lot of work. Don't just shoot for shooting, but shoot with intention and make sure that, uh, that you're passionate about it. Um, no matter really what it is, make sure that you understand the, I guess the technical part of the camera, uh, technical part of the lights, make sure that, um, you learn it inside and out. So then you can utilize it however it is that you want to use it, um, as you grow. Um, eventually you'll start to know when to use those techniques, depending on what it is that you're shooting. And that's exactly what I did, I guess. I was very experimental and I am still, I'm very, still very curious about using different methods and, um, and, uh, and trying to find new ways of, of shooting, uh, or, or processing images. Okay. So from your perspective, what is the emotional reaction that you're hoping to get from people that view your images? Um, I guess just that. An emotional reaction, no matter it is what, what it is really. It's just that I think emotional reaction is the deepest you can go to a stranger uh, without knowing exactly what it is that you touched. And 
again, it's the same thing as going back to inspiration. Um, there's things that make me feel ways. Like it's just, uh, it's, uh, it could be the colors or the textures or something that intrigues me, uh, that it's making me feel a certain way or, uh, or brings me back to a memory or I'm curious about something or how can I push this further? That sort of idea. Um, and I feel like when, when people look at my work, I do, I guess I would like to know that people get some sort of reaction. And again, and I, I said this earlier, I think that it, you know, maybe sometimes what I'm shooting is not necessarily something that people would like. Um, it's just, it's still a reaction. Uh, and, and yeah. I think the emotional attachment adds value to it. So, With the rise of Instagram being so prominent in pretty much everyone's lives these days, um, it's, it's led to things like e-commerce being almost, um, overwhelming in the sense of the way that that's that's used as the barometer of fashion photography um you've got influencers of people at home using their phone to take pictures of themselves wearing stuff that they've been sent by a company do you do you worry that the art of modeling is being lost a little bit mm, no i mean no i think that it's it's just another tool i mean yes i think for us in a certain degree is being manipulative but um, I think a platform like Instagram is, is great to, for me to even, um, understand or see, uh, per, like a person, let's say a model or somebody who I would like to shoot or I'm interested in, um, to know a little bit more about their lifestyle. And if I see that their Instagram is full of, you know, maybe just selling me things all the time, I know that right away, maybe it's not somebody I want to work with or no, I shouldn't say that. It's more like somebody who, who I know where their values are at when it comes to Instagram. Maybe it's not the way to get to know that person. Um, so I, I think it's exposing that person in, in a specific way. Um, but, uh, but I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, it's not worrisome. It's just how, the internet is becoming, you know, you're, right. you're a selling tool all of a sudden. So yeah. Bit of a loaded question. I apologize if this sounds like I'm, I'm being, uh, there's a motivation behind the question, but it is a genuine one. Um, are there advantages or disadvantages, disadvantages to being a female fashion photographer? Uh, a female fashion photographer? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I lost a job actually once because I was a female photographer, but that was a long time ago. How so? Well, I think they spoke with my assistant at the time who was a male assistant and, um, maybe they thought that he was the photographer. <laughs> and when I went, uh, for an uh, in-person meeting, um, I showed up and, they thought that I was the assistant and I wasn't. Uh, also, I mind, I, I have to tell you, I do look younger than I am. So I probably did look like a teenager to them. Um, and, uh, and they were just, I could see it on their face. They were just not, um, I, I just think it was definitely uh, misogynistic. Uh, I think, I think I'm saying it right. Yep. Misogynistic. Yes, that's right. 
and and I, I've never uh, I worked with the same company, but not that one person um, again. And I think it was probably because of that. I don't even think that person is still in the company. So, um, and I think it's probably I'm gonna say most likely because of that. <laughs> but that was the only time that I saw a disadvantage. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, let, let me just ask um, in terms of, uh, is, is there a positive to being a female photographer that maybe people don't know about? Um, hmm. You got me thinking. The positive thing is that I get to work with a lot of other women too. Um, and when it's a full on uh, women team, it just, it, it's, it's very satisfying. <laughs> not because working with men is it's not because it isn't that way. I think that there's a lot of emotion too um, <laughs> when it comes to women. You know what? It's a, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I, I'm it's a so good sorry. Question. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty mean person. I do ask some some slightly tougher questions. No, I like. I mean, them. from my point of view, as as a male photographer, I've I've been in the position where I've had people tell me about some of the terrible things that they've had said to them or, or done. Like female models have had stuff said to them by male photographers, and then. I'm then sort of overly aware of of the way that I'm talking or the way that I I um, interact, so that I don't bring mm-hmm. up those same things. And I think that you do suffer the consequences of people before you. So I don't think it's a case of like you know men good, women bad, or women good, men bad. It's just I think that there are inherent personality traits to, uh, especially to the way that men behave in the fashion industry. I think we've seen that over the last 10, 15 years. And I think other, other people do suffer the consequences. And I think a, a complete guess, I would imagine that there's a positivity to being uh, a bit more of a non-threat as a woman on a, on a female shoot, because there's going to be yeah. that, that kind of that camaraderie and you, you guys are going to get along on, on a much safer level without that kind of mm-hmm. stupid outsider ruining things. No, absolutely. You know what? You're, you're, you're right. And, and again, like, I guess I just haven't put myself in a men's or a photography who's a male uh, shoes before. I have heard tons of different stories from female models telling me about how they felt on a shoot with a male model. Um, it's your, um, with a male photographer before, but I guess I never put myself as a photographer in a male perspective on how they need to run a shoot and not sound or because again like i could be very uh, you know maybe i don't know get their hair out of their face or like you know adjust their jacket or if anything and it's not anything sexual you know it's something Mm -hmm. that it's 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 very much um you know it it does it it wouldn't seem that way so it I guess it, it does the positive, just like you said, there's a little bit more room for me to be me. And if I do need to get in touch with the model just to fix something or to move the hair out of the face, it wouldn't be seen as if I was, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, uh, I don't know how to say it. In- <laughs> you don't seem as aggressive. I mean, it's, it's something that... yeah. It's something that I've seen quite often as as a male photographer. I mean, I have a set of rules when it comes to working with females and it actually applies the same as when I'm working with male models in the sense that I don't touch at any point. I don't adjust hair. I don't help adjust clothing, anything like that. I just, I don't ever think it's really right um, from my perspective anyway. I also have a very sort of strict way in which I refer to like posing. So I only use certain words. There's, 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 um, especially in an English accent, there's a horrible, 
um, a horrible way in which certain words sound uh, when it comes to body parts that just it doesn't sound good at all. So I, I've I've made sure that you know uh, when I've taught workshops in the past, I've always been like, so this is a chest, this is shoulders, those are hips. I don't want to hear other words that people might use about those kinds of areas. Like you need to keep it very straightforward because otherwise you're going to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, and. And that's another thing is I want to make sure the models do feel comfortable at all times. And I, I, for example, for posing, I usually, like, I don't even ever think of touching anybody's legs and putting them in a specific first, like way that I needed to, I just just don't find it um, natural. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but, and yes, maybe that way will be a little bit more aggressive and I wouldn't like that even myself, but, um, but I do my, I do put myself in the, in the model's shoes to see what would be the best way to talk to them. Um, and, and Mm -hmm. I think it goes the same with male models too. I make sure that I, um, I don't come across as if I'm hitting on them or anything. It's more like, no, this is, uh, we're working. It's a working yeah. environment and we're having fun at the same time, but I'm not in any way whatsoever, you know, making this any more than what it is. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I guess uh, maybe going back to your question and, and answering it, I find that maybe, um, as a female photographer, there is, uh, certain advantages. Um, but, uh, I still, I still do have to be very careful in the way that I communicate and, um, you know, maybe just, yeah, I communicate to the models and the team members too. Now that I've just pissed off every single male photographer of models, um, (laughs) by, by saying what I've said, um, let's move to something slightly more positive in terms of when you are shooting. Something I always find quite fascinating is sort of directorial style as much as how often you're shooting in terms of, uh, are you, are you someone that takes a lot of frames for each set? Do you take a lot of photos and then sieve through to find the one that works? Or are you someone that really works on getting everything right and then taking the shot? Like what's your, what's your style? I don't think I have a definitive style. Um, but I do, I do think that, um, coming from a film background, cause that's where it all started for me. I did really take the time to find the shot first. And I find that I do that on set as well. I do shoot a lot of frames when it comes to movement though. And, um, if there's a specific frame that I'm looking for and it has to have, you know, either the dress moving a certain way or the hair moving a certain way, or there's some sort of action that I need to catch, then that's when I get more of a higher frame rate. Um, and, uh, and, and I use that also for my advantage. I like to work with it afterwards with gifts and like, um, making it, making something out of it too. If, if, you know, if I'm shooting so many frames a second. With your portfolio as a whole, do you have specific images that are like babies to you that you you absolutely love and that will never come out of the portfolio? Or are you someone that's quite detached and you've got no problem at all with just kind of cutting out old work and putting in new work? Oh God, no, I'm totally attached. (laughs) I am totally attached to a a lot of them. Um, And the the different reasons. I mean, also the fact that I guess they're also, some of them are very much encrypted in me because of, um, a dream that I just, like I said earlier, it was just this weight off my shoulders. It's almost like, Oh, I was able to say it without saying it. And, um, 
And, and some of it, I mean, I look back at it. I was actually not too long ago that I was going back into my website and trying to, you know, declutter, I guess. And then, and it was hard for me because some of them, I am emotionally attached to them, whether if they're, and I, I look at them and there's so many things that are wrong to them in my eyes, but I remember the emotional feeling I got out of it and, and there is some sort of attachment to it. Um, I need to think smarter though. Um, and I'm saying that out loud so I can do it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> need to be more ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even sound convinced. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You've mentioned film a couple of times now. Is is that something you still do? Do you still shoot much film and do you still develop? Not as much as I would love to, but I do still have my film camera. Um, and uh, I have a, I have a few, but the one that I bring on set with me just for spontaneous times, which is very rare actually that I get to use it because I get so excited and so into it and on set that I, at the end of the day, we're wrapping up and I'm putting the cameras away and I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> so, um, but I do bring my Hasselblad, um, on set almost all of the time, just because if there's a moment that I need to have it and I don't develop myself anymore, I, I had to pretty much give, I donated all of my, um, darkroom stuff because it was, it was getting old, it was getting unused and I was getting myself into a world that it's all digital. And unfortunately I, I, I didn't have either the time or, um, I just, I, I, I just went ahead and I started doing the digital. So I do have a printing house that I, um, I'm very close to and I, I develop all my film there once um, once I finish our role, which is, <laughs> takes a while. <laughs> um, in terms of your, uh, your camera collection at the moment, I'm not someone that's particularly big on talking about gear. It's something I've been criticized on the podcast in the past for, because there's a lot of photographers that all they want to talk about is gear. And I, I tend to try and avoid it. Um, but what are you using as your sort of day-to-day go-to camera? Um, right now I'm using the 5D Mark IV, the Canon, um, and, uh, that's my go-to camera for pretty much everything. Um, but I have a collection of different Canon cameras. I mean, Canon was my very first digital camera I owned and, um, and I just sort of start slowly started upgrading, um, model by model. Uh, I don't have all of the models, but I have, uh, you know, I started with the Rebel, then I went into the 5D, the 5D Mark II, and 3 and 4. <laughs> so slowly I started to develop um, or, you know, just upgrading my my gear. But yeah, my go-to is the 5D Mark IV. And in terms of lenses, what are your, what are your must-haves? Mm, okay. So every time I go on set, I bring almost all of my lenses are at least the most flexible lenses because I, at the end of the day, I probably ended up using all of them. Um, I have my hundred uh, millimeter macro lens. I have a uh, 16 to 24. I have uh, a 70 to 150, I believe. Yeah. And 50 millimeter, 85. 24, 205. Did I say that? No. Anyways, I, I, yeah, I have a different lenses. So from very wide to, but I do love using my prime lenses. Um, but the wide lenses are really nice too. So I have a little bit of everything. Those are, that's basically my go-to kit. 
And the the last thing I'd like to ask you before I let you go again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Is just to who your who your influences are in terms of other photographers. Do you have a do you have a, any favorite photographers at the moment? Um, yes, I do, but I um, I try not to. I try to basically get all my inspiration either from paintings or music or um, illustrators because I do love uh, some of the photographers that I'm going to mention right now. Um, and I can't help it sometimes, you know, just like want to be able to do what they're doing too. Um, yeah. but yeah, so it's like, and now you're based from England. So most of them are from there too. <laughs> uh, like <laughs> Nick Knight or, uh, Solvay Sunspo or, um, um, I also like Zema yesterday, uh, Ryan McKinley, um, you know, then we can go all the way back or, or Leia Colombo, Sally Mann, like it, it really varies, you know, I mean, I cannot really go back and go tell, you know, Ivan Penn, just all kinds of different photographers are inspiring in different ways too. It's, it's fascinating that you say that you, you draw your inspiration from outside of photography, because I think that's actually a really smart thing to do. We're in an, an age of people following a lot of trends and people trying to look like other people doing the same thing. And it becomes uh, almost like a snake eating its own tail. It doesn't seem to progress at all. So I think that's a really good piece of advice people should follow is to, to look outside of photography for full photographic inspiration. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And it's one of the main things that I, I try for myself to, you know, not look at those. I mean, not because I don't want to, of course I admire them, but, um, it's just, so I also get a little bit of my, I get to actually develop my own aesthetic. Um, but that's the thing is I feel that even my own aesthetic is so diverse that, uh, I get to, try it all and see and, and like it all. <laughs> it's all part of me. Um, but yeah, even, even I would say even fashion designers, there's so many beautiful pieces and beautiful designs that fashion designers make that even that as an inspiration itself, it's already making me want to shoot a certain, a certain way. So, um, I think that's, that's also very exciting for me. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you. The main thing that we have to do with this podcast is to make sure people know where they go so they can see all of your amazing work. So what's your Instagram and your website and so on? Oh, it's just my name. <laughs> it's Natasha Gershon, uh, N-A-T-A-S-H-A-G-E-R-S-E-H-O-N.com. And in Instagram, it's just my first and last name altogether, Natasha Gershon. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been amazing. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a wonderful conversation. An ocean, a cave. A dream that no one could save A shelter, a whole act A light that died with the night You and I, we got our differences Yet I 
this narrow 